hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right back. He's out. Dad Griffin. He's just fought. Stu Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Griffin. This is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Vinnabush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Victor. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 63 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who dropped the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. The Five for Fighting podcast is a proud member of the Six Pack Media Coverage Group. Uh, Six Pack Coverage covers many podcasts from all different sports, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, or hockey. They even have fitness, and they have a, a food one. And I know they're signing more and more people as uh, as time goes on here, so I'm looking forward to see what the... Uh, the group holds, but it's back by uh, the former NFL player Albert Hainsworth, and looking forward to see what the future takes us. I'm kind of recently signed with them, uh, I think about a month ago now at this point, so looking forward to see what uh, where the future takes us. But um, you go check them out on their YouTube, uh, their face, or they have, I don't think they have a Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, and of course their website, Six Pack Coverage, which I'll have linked in the description of this episode, so you can go check that out. Um, as far as the off the uh, the media group friends, of course, Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice, the original Enforcer podcast. I know he's freezing his ass off out there in Saskatchewan. Minus 47 today, which is like, in, and that was, I think that's Celsius. So I want to say that comes out to like minus like 54 or some, something ridiculous out here um, in the U.S. So freezing his ass off out there in Saskatchewan, but he keeps on trucking. God damn it, the man's a legend and he keeps going for you. He just had a year in review episode out, so you can go check that out. Um, like I said, he was the original Enforcer podcast, and he's got a tremendous back catalog of guests. He has, um, you know, John Morassi, Joey Tedarenko, Clark Wilm, Dan Kopech, John Mazur. Uh, the list goes on. You can go check out his back catalog. Great job over there. But like I said, he just did a year in review, which I think he put together a bunch of sound bites and everything like that to um, kind of do like a highlight of the year, which is pretty cool. So. Um, I'm kind of going to do a year in review here as well. I think it's kind of standard for all podcasts, but I'm not going to bless him for fucking going through and taking all the damn sound bites out because that would drive me up a wall going back through all the episodes. I hate hearing my voice as is, so I couldn't imagine going back to do that. Um, and the other off the media group friend is, of course, Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box uh, podcast. As you can tell by the name, the Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box he covers Islanders and Forcers. So anybody that was in their farm team, whether it was like the Bridgeport Sound Digers back in the day, excuse me, um, or I'm trying to think of, I think their Worcester Railers is their their ECHL affiliate now. But um, if they've been in the Islanders system at one point, 
Uh, chances are Joe has tried to interview him or he has interviewed them. So I encourage you to go back and check out Joe's back catalog as well. He does great solo episodes. I know this last one, I think his last one was a solo episode. I can't remember. I know I listened to both uh, Darren and Joe in the early, the wee mornings of the day or the wee hours in the morning. Excuse me. Um, sorry, it's late here. It's like 1202. Um, but no, the wee hours of the morning when the, uh, the wife was sleeping um, in the car. So I figured that'd be my time to get my, my fix in for the, the two knuckleheads to, uh, soothe her to sleep and allow me to keep driving. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, go check out Joe's back catalog. Uh, he's got, you know, Trevor Gillies. Um, it's like a five-part saga with that. Uh, Kerry Clark, he's had on uh, guys from the, was it, is it Long Island Riptide, New York Riptide? Sorry, I can't think of it. But even guys from the uh, Indoor Lacrosse League that's out there in New York now. So um, definitely go check out Joe's show. Both guys do such a tremendous job. But um, we'll move on with the episode here. So I apologize. I'm getting this out. Uh, it's going to be Thursday. It's, well, it's Thursday morning now, technically, but um, kind of jet lagged, jet lagged, car lagged more like it from driving. We drove straight through from Iowa down to Florida. As you know, I was up there for the holidays. And well, I want to give a quick shout out to Jay as well for uh, the, the lovely hospitality up there. We had some steaks, had some beers, watched the, uh, who was it? Jacksonville and Atlanta playing, I think is who it was. Um, I know Travis Howe fought, which we'll get to Travis Howe in a bit as he's caused up a lot of controversy recently, um, which I'll get into is that is my clip as well. So we'll get into that. Um, I'm not, not in the greatest mood right now, folks, just pre-warning you here. So we'll get into it. But, uh, anyways, we had the ECHL game going, like I said, beer steaks, and we had a recorded the podcast of the top 10 quad city mallards, tough guys. And, um, the reception of that was absolutely awesome. We seen, the former players especially getting involved. I know uh, former guests, actually both of them former guests of the podcast, uh, kind of shared it and gave their thoughts or whatever and thoroughly enjoyed it, they said. And, uh, of course, that was Howie Rosenblatt and Mark McFarlane. Um, even the Quad City Memes page, which is, uh, of course, as you can tell by the name, is a Quad City Meme page. Um, they they enjoyed it too somehow, which I'd never – I had no clue how the hell they even got a hold of the episode because I, you know, I don't know who the hell listens to this damn thing. Um, besides four people and a fucking burglar, maybe, but um, somehow they got a hold of it and they said they enjoyed it too and shared it. So it was awesome. I, I had a lot of fun, and um, it's anytime I get to talk with uh, or talk about the Mallards is great. And Jay, Jay's a good dude. Um, me and Darren and Jay, um, I, I talk to both those guys on the regular pretty much, um, at least once a week. Darren, I probably message every day. Right now, he's all bitching about the cold and shit like that. So I mean, I understand when it's minus forty-seven, but. Um, no, so both of those great, uh, both those guys, are great dudes. And again, thank you to Jay for the hospitality. I had a lot of, a lot of great, uh, great memories from the quad city days in that episode. So, uh, thanks again. And thank you for that, uh, that drew Ott in Jersey. That was, that was a, f- a tremendous Christmas gift. You definitely didn't have to do that for me. Um, so that is greatly appreciated out there. Um, but yeah, so like I said, sorry, I'm a little, a little late getting this episode out. We drove straight through, as you know, from the po- the post I made, I had my second wedding. No, I'm not married twice. Well, I guess technically, but to the same gal, we didn't get unmarried or divorced or anything like that. But we finally got to use our um, our venue that we were supposed to use before uh, COVID hit. And then we had to put that on the back burner for the longest time. And it's like a huge sigh of relief now that that's over. I know it sounds bad, but like we were just ready to get the fucking thing over with. We didn't care. If, you know, it was McDonald's catering the damn thing and there was six people there, we were still going to, we were just dead set on that day it was going to happen. So, um, it was a lot of fun though. I actually got super inebriated somehow. Um, I say somehow as if everybody wasn't feeding me shots all night, but I have not been that, that fucking 
Buckwood in a while. So that was that was a good time. Um, so no, I, I appreciate all the the congratulations out there, and um, it was a big stress stressor, you know, gone from the monkey was off our back at that point because man, and I say our back like I was involved in the wedding a lot. No, I mean all the credit in the world to my wife. Somehow I fucking conned her into saying yes twice, I guess. So um, all the credit my my, my wife um, can't thank her enough for you know handling a most of i would say probably 98 percent of the damn wedding shit but always supporting the show too um and even well i mean she, <laughs> it was because she was sleeping but even allowing me to listen to fucking joe and darren on the uh the lovely car ride so um but no so i guess we'll get into the episode here um so as you as i mentioned earlier with travis how um so i was recently sent a clip it was tonight I sent a clip tonight of Travis Howe and former podcast guest Nico Blashman getting into it in pregame warmups between the game. Uh, it was the South Carolina Stingrays and the Jacksonville Iceman. So I got sent that clip and I reached out and I said uh, to the guy who sent it to me, I said, because apparently it was his buddy who was at the game. I said, hey, is it OK if I post this clip to YouTube? I'll, I'll give your guy credit. Um, I would love to use that though. I think people would enjoy it. I said, sure. Okay, cool. So I uploaded it there, uploaded it on the enforcer appreciation group, which I'll get to those motherfuckers in a second here. Um, and I uploaded it on Twitter. Well, it took off on Twitter somehow, some way somebody gets a hold of it, um, from the sauce life page on Instagram. Oh, they're on Twitter as well, but mostly Instagram. And of course, hockey fights gets a hold of it. Well, somehow, some way it gets lost in translation that it was my clip and um, I was the original poster of the clip. I shouldn't say it's my clip. I, I correct myself there, but I'm the original poster of the clip. And I don't People want to retweet it, do whatever. Uh, that's great. But for the love of fucking God, give credit where it's due. If there's one thing that pisses me off, it's not getting credit when you, 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 you when you're the original poster of something. And it's boiled up at this point now where that was the, that was like the fifth time that's fucking happened to me. And I got so tired of it. And I, you know, to the Sauce Life guys' uh, credit, um, you know, again, I don't know them personally, but I, I, w- I was mad. I, I was. I was fucking mad because it's it's the fourth time you're a little fish in a big pond here. I get it. This isn't the popular show. I'm not going to be on Spit and Chicklets anytime soon. Or, excuse me, I'm not going to be on their level anytime soon. I'm not going to be, uh, you know, the missing curfew guys or the sports net guys, whatever. I get it. It's a little fish in a big pond, though. So when you're fucking grinding and you're trying to build a brand at the same time, it is fucking annoying when nobody gives you fucking credit. I'm sorry. It just is. And again, that was like the fourth time I had seen that shit happen. And so I was just done with it. So I, I, I didn't motherfuck them, but I was basically on a lot of the posts. I was like, hey, thanks for giving me credit from my clip, blah, blah, blah. Well, the Sauce Life guys reached out to me. And I've, I, don't, I shouldn't say I felt bad afterwards, but I, I was thankful that they actually messaged and said, hey, sorry for the mix up. This was sent to us. Somebody said they were the cousin of Travis Howe and blah, blah, blah. Basically a bullshit fucking story. And it was my clip. And I, I, I said, you know, hey, sorry for coming off so brash. Um, this, is a, this is just the fourth time it's happened to me and I was pissed off. Um, and they, they fixed it. They gave me credit. But you got to think those are a lot of like, you got put. And I know it sounds like I'm being a fucking stuck up asshole, but you put yourself in your put yourself in my shoes or our shoes, our small content creators here. Um, we're not doing this for the fame and money. We're doing this because we love it, but we, you know, at, at some point you like a little bit of recognition and I know that's kind of selfish, but at the same time, when you see the amount of hard work that we put into our podcast, whether it's me, Joe, Darren, or, or the guys over at the, the six pack coverage group, all those guys as well, we're all small time, cre- like content creators. We're not getting paid for this. Or if you are, you're not making it, it's not enough to quit your day job. 
I can tell you that much right now because guess what? Darren gets paid by the Hockey Podcast Network, and he's still working. Um, so none of us are quitting our fucking day jobs anytime soon. So when this stuff happens and you're trying to build a brand, it just gets frustrating. You get frustrated. You really do. And um, I, like I said, I, I told them, I said, hey, sorry, you know, it came off as brash or rude. It's just this has happened before, and it gets old quick when you're a little fish in a big pond. And the, the person responding was very cool. Uh, said, you know, so sorry, we fixed it. But that's a lot of follows and stuff and a lot of recognition that my channel doesn't get when that was originally posted. And whoever sent that in or whatever, um, go fuck yourself because you know exactly where you took the clip from. Um, which, again, I, I want to give all the credit in the world to the person who actually recorded that clip because I had a couple people ask me, oh, you're at the game. And I said, no, I'm not. It was recorded by somebody else. Um, and that's Harry Roundtree out there in South Carolina. Um or excuse me, I think it might be up in Jacksonville, wherever the game was played, I apologize. Um, but seriously, thank you for allowing me to use your clip and get that out there. So that's where all the credit in the world should go to is there. But I'm saying is, you know, if it gets taken off my channel, like blatantly taken, like you can tell that it was like screen recorded because the video is all fucking grainy again. Um, you could tell that people just stole it and gave no fucks at all. Anytime I post a fucking YouTube video on, on, um, if I, if I rip the video from YouTube and I, um, you know, break it down and store it as an MP4 file and repost it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, every single time I post via YouTube from, you know, fourth line voice, slave in heaven, PJ stock 20, whatever the case is, excuse me, whatever the case is, I'm always posting that. So it just gets frustrating that that shit has happened before. And of course, hockey fights, uh, those motherfuckers have to have everything. And they've even taken people's fight clips and posted their word mark over it when it wasn't even their original content. So don't get me started on those fucking guys. And they've even fucked over Darren Hill go into great detail about that for you. But those guys too, same exact thing. They repost it, no credit. And I know one other page, I saw one other page do it, which is great that the clip blew up, which we'll get into exactly what the clip was anyways. Um, but the the clip blew up, which is great. That's awesome. That's what it's there for. Um, but when you don't get credit for it, it's it sucks. And I can tell you right now, as soon as the everything was fixed from Sauce Life and the missing cur well missing curfew guys, uh, they were already posted originally um, with with credit to me. My follows immediately immediately went up on Instagram um, and, and everything else. It's like you know, but how many of those did I miss out on? beforehand and I get it it sounds selfish and I sound like I'm being bitter about it but when you put in all this time and effort for your your brand and your podcast or what have you whatever you're working on whether it's a YouTube channel Twitch podcasting um, when you put in all this hard work and shit like that goes over people's heads it's it's just annoying like you know we put all these interviews I have with guys um, I mean fuck just doing research for some of these dudes it's taken me an hour before just and that's an hour out of my day and I do this for fun. This is all for fun. Now that I'm with the media group, that's cool and all. Um, we're not getting paid yet. That's not a slight. Of course, I know that they're, um, you know, fresh on the scene here. But I'm thankful that I even got the opportunity to sign with a company. Um, but, you know, none of us are getting paid yet. Uh, you know, even like I said, Darren didn't quit his day job. Joe's not getting paid. So we, we all put in hard work. And the, you know, the same guys over on the media group, they're not getting paid e either. So it's like, you know, it's just frustrating. Um, I know I'm chewing my food twice here, but I was, I was fucking livid tonight for a second. Um, and then when sauce life actually reached out to me, um, it was, it was nice. And again, to, if they're listening, if by the off chance, somebody from that, that page is listening, I do apologize for coming off rude 
or like an asshole. It's just um, when, it, when, when your hard work gets taken from you sometimes. Um, and again, I'm not saying this is hard work as far as, you know, me clipping that and then throw, uploading it. I'm not saying that's the hard work, but trying to build your brand and shit just gets lost in the ether out in the internet. Um, it just gets frustrating. So um, thank you to the Sauce Life dudes for being really cool about it. Um, again, I do apologize on my part. Um, I didn't motherfuck them per se, but like I said, it was just more so like, oh, hey, thanks for throwing up my clip with no fucking credit. Um, so it was basically like that. I wasn't like saying, hey, go fuck yourselves, fuck you guys and whatever. Um, nothing like that. Well, let me throw a fucking, I'm going to throw a chew in here. I need to calm the hell down. Grizz or Copeland, we'll do Grizz tonight. Um, so it was just, um, that, that was frustrating, but we'll get into what the clip is here. Um, let me just toss this in. Um, of what actually, and it's, it's already started controversy, of course, because <laughs> people just, are just fucking stupid and delusional. There we go. Um, so in the Enforcer Appreciation Group, as you know, that uh, it's got like 12,000 members in it, and I started it a couple years ago. I think two years ago now at this point. Actually, definitely, yes, two years ago. I think we're actually coming on three this May. Um Either way, regardless, fuck, it doesn't even matter. I don't even know why. Like I said, long night. I'm a little pissed off, so I apologize, folks. Um, so basically, what, what what's going on in the the clip is Travis Howe is who's an, a known resident tough guy for the Jacksonville Iceman, um, Nico Blatchman, former guest of the podcast, and you'll know exactly what his mo is out there on the ice. He ain't there to fucking play patty cake. Travis Howe is warming up on the <laughs> Stingray side of the. Red line, which in the NHL or whatever, a lot of people, some people today might not even know that's a, that's a big no-no in hockey. That's one thing you don't do is uh, fuck around on somebody else's uh, side of the ice. So, and I mean, he's not just like, oh, it's like his skate over the, no, how is like blatantly in the zone, warming up and stretching in the Stingray zone. So Nico goes over there, kind of sticks him a little bit and shoves, uh, shoves his foot away. And then Travis Howe stays there because Howe's a shit stir and I, I this is all great. I absolutely love this. I don't know how people can complain about this. I really don't. This is exactly what's missing from hockey today, and people still bitch and moan. And this is what I'm talking about with the Enforcer Appreciation Group. I post it, and it's it's just never enough for people. All you hear, all you fucking hear from people all the damn time, oh, God, I wish there was just more animosity in hockey. Oh, God, I wish there was just the toughness was there. Blah, blah, blah. Which, mind you, of course, nobody knows the backstory. These two have fought. Blatchman didn't do that great in the fight. Sorry, Nico. I'm sure you're listening to the show. And I know you're going to want to get round two, and I'm sure you'll get it out of Travis Howe because he's a willing guy, and I hope all the fucking best for you. But these two have fought before, but I'm sure people, you know, don't don't pay any attention to that. And the whole time, it's just, why don't they drop the gloves? Oh, my God, they're being pussies. Do you know you're, okay, one year in hockey for 2021, going on 2022 here. Do you know how many fucking games you would get for dropping the gloves in a pregame scrum? In the ECHL, let alone just think, think about if you did that in the NHL, how many fucking games you get. This is a league that has a 10 fight rule, and I've gone over this time and time again. One, that's a stupid rule, but two, that's why some guys do not fight as much because they, they know in the back of the head, okay, if I'm coming up on 10 fights, I can't go again. And if I need to go defend a teammate, and I went over this with Nico in the interview. And he says the same thing. It sucks because if he's at, you know, 10 fights and a teammate gets ran, he can't go up and just start dumping the dude because he's going to get suspended. Now, knowing Nico, he'll probably take it because he's a crazy bastard and that's why we love him. But people over there just, oh, why don't they drop the gloves? They're being pussies, blah, blah, blah. 
you're not going to get that in today's hockey. One, you should be thankful enough. It's like I said, it's never enough. You should be thankful enough that there was even a fucking pregame scrum because it's cocktail hour out in the NHL. Anyways, everybody's over there playing tummy sticks at center ice. And like, and that stupid fight clip always comes back. Can't wait to work out with you in the summer, bro. That's what you fucking get in today's climate with hockey. But it's, it's never enough for people. For, excuse me. It's never enough for people. Everybody just wants to sit there and bitch and moan. I give you a clip of the animosity everybody and their fucking brother has cried about. And you sit there and you cry that it's not enough. I don't know what more you want. So, again, how many games do you think they would get for that? It'd be astronomical now. I mean, you're probably looking at a minimum of five games. And also, mind you, that's tonight. So that happened. that clip happened tonight. If you keep track of hockey, you'll know that the NHL is having a big COVID problem right now. Hockey in general has. So all the guys that are AHL eligible from teams have been called up and they're all on the taxi squad. So why the fuck would you want to put your team down even more already as a, as you're already short uh, players? I think the, the other night Orlando played with eight fucking forwards or some something ridiculous like that. Like there wasn't, there wasn't a lot. There's already a short bench. There's only three lines ever. And then a fourth line, which is one person in the ECHL. So why the fuck would you risk doing that? It's to set the tone for the game. Get a fucking clue. You're not going to get a fight in the warmups, especially today, for one. And two, with the COVID shit, you're not going to get a fight. But that just goes right over people's heads. And they just want to be instantly pissed off and just say it's not enough. And I get it. Yes, the game was different back 20 years ago. In the ECHL especially. Yes, that would have probably caused a brawl, but in today's climate, you're not going to get it. So I just don't understand why people just can't take a clip for what it is and enjoy it. They never can. And it's so frustrating. And I try to explain it like, yeah, but, and it's just the same thing. And it's the same shit every time you post a Reeves clip. Oh yeah, but Reeves wouldn't have lasted in the fucking, in the nineties or the eighties. Like, shut up. It's so tiring. You just see this all the time. This is the shit that makes social media not fun. So it's just, it's, tonight was just a snowball. It was like a recipe for disaster just to piss me off. I sat there. I was all happy. I'm sitting there on my couch watching the Everblades and the, the Solar Bears go. Cody McDonald had a, a fight with big-ass Ian Parker. Kind of a nothing fight, but it was after a hit. Ian Parker's a, a massive dude. He's actually like Chara size. Um, and McDonald definitely willing, but um, definitely kind of had to seatbelt him a little bit and just get in body blows. So I'm sitting there enjoying it. I got my beer, got my bush, you know. Yeah, I know, bush is a terrible beer, blah, blah, blah. Go drink your IPAs, whatever. Um, sitting there and enjoying it. I'm having a good night. And then I was like, oh, fuck, this is even better with this lovely clip from, uh, you know, Blatchman and Howe going at it in warm-ups. And then here we go. I think, oh, this will be great to post the Enforcer Appreciation Group. Boy, was I fucking wrong. Jesus Christ. So I'm not going to go on because I'm going to chew my food twice on that. Um, But it's just frustrating to see how, oh, we're so starved for tough hockey. Here's tough hockey. Yeah, but I I didn't want that. It's like there's so many parameters for what people want. It's like uh, we want tough hockey back, but only if it's like this. The ECHL has been a breath of fresh air for what has happened um, in hockey over the past five years that I've seen. I have not watched a single Lightning game since the fucking season opener, and this has been phenomenal hockey. How anybody can dislike it, I have no fucking clue. If you're starved for animosity, emotion, and tough hockey, there's zero reason as to why the hell you don't like that clip. But, moving on from that, the year in review for the podcast, I guess, we'll get into. I was supposed to make it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll still do it. I'm going to do a top five ECHL tough guys um, at the end of this uh, podcast here. I'll just give it to you off the top of my head. 
Um, I was supposed to write it down, but then I got, like I said, I ended up getting pissed off. Totally forgot to write it down. So we'll go off the cuff and real professional podcast I have here. But a year in the review for the podcast, it's been kind of a roller coaster for the pod. Um, as you know, at the beginning of the year, I had to stop doing the podcast for, uh, like, I think three or four months. So I'd gotten a job. Um, I got, I got uh, put in charge of a job site, but I was not going to be able to do the podcast. It was an hour drive there, hour drive back, long hours. Um, it, basically, we had a government job for a, a um, tax collector, and we were going to renovate the inside of the tax collector building. And there's certain deadlines you got to meet, and it is very, very strict, and there's a lot of politics involved. That's all I'll say um, in terms of trying to get a job site done for the local county government. So. I had to stop doing the podcast, and it sucked. It's just fun. I told you, at the end of the day, this is fun. Yes, I know. As I'm sitting here super pissed off behind the microphone, this is fun. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it is fun, and I do this as a hobby. Um, many of you know hockey fights is like one of my biggest passions. I, I enjoy watching them. I enjoy talking about them. I've got them tattooed on my body, for crying out loud. Um, not even kidding. Uh, I got Chris, the very first hockey fight tattoo I ever got was Chris Nyland breaking Tiger Williams' nose on my forearm. So hockey fights have, since I turned probably about 16, and I really started getting big into it um, after the last Gladiators documentary. This has been um, a great ride, and I've met some awesome people along the way, like Jay. I, if I didn't get into hockey fights, I never would have met him. Awesome dude. Darren, Joe, Chris, John over at the Hockey Fight League, John Searson over in the U.K. Um, U.K. out in Finland, Tommy LaFleur from the Florida Everblades. Um Brian Mars out there with the Florida Everblades. I talk to those guys all the time, um, and they've been great helping me uh, get into the ECHL, which has also been a breath of fresh air for the podcast because it gives me more content, and I've got to meet new people from that. Um, but I had to stop doing the podcast for a while. Ended up uh, changing jobs and moving down, or not changing jobs, but changing job sites, and moving down here to Fort Myers, Florida, and I was able to start doing the podcast again. And it sucks because I could tell I actually had a little moment as, as far as ratings and um, where I was at in Chartable. And I know how credible Chartable is, is up for debate. But, you know, I was consistently in the top 100 for hockey, um, hockey podcast in both the U.S. and the, uh, was it the U.K. and Canada? Um, pretty consistently in the top 100. And that's, that's a big feat. And again, how credible Chartable is, I don't know. But just for being some jack off with a, a microphone out in Fort Myers, Florida or Tampa at the time was huge. So for those that listened, um, I do appreciate it. I got a lot of messages actually way more than I was ever expecting saying, um, you know, all the best about the podcast and, um, you know, thank you for providing me with entertainment and, um, a lot of long car rides were, were made a lot more fun because of podcasts like you, Darren and Joe. So, um, it was a lot of fun and it sucked that I had to do it, but I was thankful that I got to start it up again. And then a few months later here down the line, as you know, and as I mentioned, I was able to sign with six pack coverage and that's something I never thought I would do, which is awesome. And I'm thankful for, um, Andrew out there in Nashville for giving me the light of day to even, uh, sign me on with the, the, the media group. So that's been awesome. Um, seriously though, it's, it's been a crazy ride and I'm really thankful for everybody who listens to the podcast. Um, whether you listen to one episode or all of them, it's, it's it really is appreciated because you kind of don't know your reach until uh, you start kind of, like I said, when I got messages, I was like, you know, holy shit, like I was getting messages from people in the UK and other places in Canada, guys I never knew listened to the podcast. And um, 
I know some former players listen to the podcast, uh, former and current players. Like I know Nico listens to the podcast. So um, another guy I never would have gotten to to meet if I didn't start the podcast up again. And I'm actually thankful for the Florida Everblades. I know it sounds lame, and I said they've kind of resurged my my love for going to a game because believe me, going to Lightning games was not fun. I would go uh, at a pure um, what's it called? Um, excuse me here. I would go with my dad because we'd just be spending time with my dad, and he uh, he had a buddy who was a big season ticket holder, so I'd go to spend time with him. But at the end of the day, I hated going to the fucking games because it was just like you know, the the product on ice was just terrible. So seeing the kind of the, the rough stuff still alive a bit down here in the coast, and um, going to games, I got the cowbell, I got the wife into it. Now we watch all the Everblade games, and I got to meet some cool people out of it. Like I said, Tommy, uh, Richie, Brian, all those guys. So it's been been a lot of fun being able to get back into it and actually kind of being part of like that little the diehard group now i'm still like an unbiased fan um at the end of the day i still like to you know look at look at everything with an open mind i don't like to look at everything through like everblades goggles we'll say like some folks do uh their team could ever do no wrong and anything that happens against their team is just the worst thing ever um but it's been a lot of fun going to the blades games and uh tailgate and i post the tailgate pictures all the time and i think people dig it um, it's like, it's the pinnacle of minor pro hockey. I got to go on the ice and do a fucking, uh, what's it like a mini game or whatever in between the periods. You got to see my, my fat ass running up and down the ice with a frozen t-shirt on. Um, so excuse me, sorry, I'm fucking, um, been sitting there. I got this grizz. It's kind of juice. And so I apologize. You can probably hear me spitting. It's disgusting, but, um, I had, I had to put one in to calm the fuck down. Um, <laughs> but so it has been a fun ride and, um, you know, I started doing the live groups, the or excuse me, the live podcast in the in the enforcer group, which um, I'm hoping takes off. Will it ever? T- I, I got to do another live interview, or excuse me, live uh, live episode there um, again here probably next week. I was gonna do it this week, but I'd rather I kind of want to spend time with my wife at night because uh, during the holidays and the wedding it was all crazy, so we'd rather sp- kind of spend time together um, at night like tonight. Nothing says quality time like watching the Everblades game, right? But <laughs> no, so. I'd like to start doing the live uh, live episodes again. I did a live interview with Howie Rosenblatt. That was a lot of fun. Childhood favorite of mine growing up with the uh, Quad City Mallards out in the Colonial and UHL days. So I got to interview Howie Rosenblatt. Definitely got to get him back on. That's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. I encourage you to please go check that interview out with Howie Rosenblatt. Um, I, you know, it's, it, it was tough getting back in the saddle a little bit because I was almost like, you know, I don't know how to. It's almost like I forgot how to interview again. So I, I think I'm trying to remember who my first interview is since the podcast. I know I haven't had too too many, and again I apologize that the holidays are kind of crazy, so I didn't have uh, didn't have many many fighting uh, inter- excuse me many former fighter interviews. Let me see here. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. So I, yeah, this year I interviewed you know Rob Volterra, great guy. Got to have him on. I told him we were going to do it forever ago. Same thing with Howie Rosenblatt. Um, those two guys I told forever ago I was going to get them on. Um, finally was able to get it on and get them on after my lovely hiatus. Same thing with Sean Pete. Sean Pete was awesome. Uh, works in NASCAR now. Super awesome guy. Jason Bone got to interview him. Uh, you know, John Searson got to talk to him. Nico Blatchman. All these guys. It's been great being able to talk to everybody again. And I hope to bring you some, I got a couple guys lined up still. Um, and actually, you know, I'll, I'll say, normally I don't say who I'm going to have on, but uh, I do have Kyle Nuber's number, who's the, the tough guy for the Florida Everblades. Uh, now, whether an interview is going to happen or not, I don't know, but I was able to meet meet him at a meet and greet, and it's funny. I feel like a, um, 
I feel like a used car salesman when I'm doing that, uh, doing these pitches to these guys, you know, because it's at a meet and greet and you're probably thinking like, who the fuck is this fat guy <laughs> with a podcast? So like, um, I, I wasn't even going to ask Nico to come on the show. I just wanted to meet him because I, I, I saw his preseason fights and uh, dude was definitely more than willing, pure entertainment. And Tommy, I got to thank Tommy for that. Uh, took me to a meet and greet and Tommy's in the fan club and what have you. Took me to a meet and greet and I got to talk to Nico and then uh, he's like, you know, yeah, so Alec has something to ask you. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, telling you, like, you're like scooting your kid along. Go go on, go on, buddy. Um, but I was able to, you know, meet Nico and then get him on the show. So that was great. And um, he did the same thing with uh, with Kyle Newber. Kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, dude, Alec runs a podcast. So um, hopefully I can get him on. We'll see how that goes. But I do have a, another guy lined up that's going to be a lot of fun. The only thing is, I think I mentioned it before a while ago, um, the time difference is big. He's all the way on the West Coast, and that's a three-hour time difference. So lining that up, I'm going to have to do it on a weekend, but I'd love to get him on the live uh, live interview in the Enforcer Appreciation Group. So we will see how that goes. Um, former UHL guy fought fought against the Danbury Trashers when like John Morasti was there. So he's probably got some stories for days, and he was super pumped when I called him. Uh, he was super hyped to do the podcast, so I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good time. It's just a matter of... Uh, the stars aligning as far as scheduling goes, but I think we can make it happen. Um, I'd like to bring you guys more interviews in the coming, the coming year. Of course, as like I said, I, I know I've been slacking in the interview department, and this is another solo episode. But um, again, with holidays, it's kind of crazy, and we were we had so much going on. I've barely been home in the month of December. I've been gone like the entire time, basically. So, um, like we were season ticket holders for the Everblades, but we didn't even go to a single game in December uh, because it's just been so crazy. So. Hopefully we can get back in the saddle here for interviews. So that's my plan for uh, 2022 is to kind of get back in the interview saddle and bring the guys the content you actually he- come here to listen to instead of hearing my dumbass bitch and moan for you know 30 minutes or what have you. Um, but I, I you know again thank you to everybody that listens and supports the podcast and uh, supported me when I came back and supported me when I left the podcast for a little bit. So it's been a lot of fun. Definitely a roller coaster, but. Like I said, I'm going to do my best to provide you guys with content, um, and we're, I'm very, you know, excited to see where everything leads with six-pack coverage, so, uh, you know, thank you to those guys for signing me on. It's been unreal, that the fact that somebody would even remotely think about signing me on there. Maybe it's a little bit questionable on their part, but <laughs> that's on them, right? So, but off the top of my head here, we'll wrap up this interview, well, excuse me, interview, there we go, I've uh, been saying interview too much, so we'll wrap up this episode, I'll give you my top five tough guys for the ECHL that are currently playing off the top of my head. Um, I'll go with number one. We'll go, we'll go down. So I'll go with number one of who I think is the toughest dude in the ECHL right now. Um, I got to say, I got to say it's Garrett Klotz. He just had a really good fight against um, uh, Taylor Crunk against, uh, he was because, let's see, Klotz is with Rapid City. He was with Utah. And I posted the, posted the clip of that. He fees Crunk an uppercut. Absolutely buckles him and just like kind of walks with Klotz is a mean fucking dude. There's no good fight, bro, with him. Uh, Klotz is a mean dude, and he's been doing it for a long time. Uh, definitely a seasoned vet at the, the in the fighting department for sure. He hasn't had a lot of fights this year, but I'm sure he doesn't have many takers. But I, I got to say Garrett Klotz is still probably the toughest dude in the ECHL right now. Um, number two, I will give it up to Anthony Collins, who's out in Norfolk. Got to see him fight against Newber. Um those two were kind of, it was almost like they, I won't say they were scared, but like going toe to toe, those two are, those are like two nuclear nuclear warheads going at it. So I don't think either of them really wanted to uh, wear, a, wear a right hand to the face. So 
but that was a that was a good fight to watch. It was a lot of fun. I got to watch that one on TV. I think um, when the Everblades played Norfolk in their final stint out there, uh, it was a road trip. But Collins is a bad dude. He beat the doors off of some guy from Orlando. I forget who it was, but bloodied him up. He had to go off for repairs. The first fight of the season he had. Actually, this was probably a, a meaner uppercut than Klotz's. Um, but he sat there. He uppercutted the dude. I, I don't even know who the hell they were playing. I apologize. But, uh, like, broke his face. You could tell the dude the dude's holding his face afterwards. So, you know, he had to, he probably broke his orbital bone or his jaw or something. But it was, uh, it, it, was a, it was a very, very one-sided fight. So, I got to go number two with Anthony Collins. Um, all these guys, you could probably intercha- uh, excuse me, interchange their positions on my ranking here. Um, number number three, I'll say, I'll say, uh, let me see here, who we got? I'll say, I'll say Kyle Newber. We'll throw Kyle Newber in at number three, give him a little Everblades bump. Maybe my bias is showing there, but um, he's been doing it for so long as well. If you ever go back, look at his stuff from Junior when his fight with Gazdick is insane. But Newbers had some great fights against Travis Howe. Those are always marathon fights. Um, very first night, I was hooked because opening night, he fought Travis Howe, I think three minutes into the game. And the the, the fight's up on YouTube, on my YouTube. Um, there's two angles of it. There's one where it's my drunk ass screaming, like, you know, like, fucking rise, let's go, Newber. I just sound like a fucking idiot because I was just, oh, me and the father-in-law, we had, um, or no, it was my coworker came down and we we started pre-gaming with the at the tailgate and i was probably like like 10 beer deep in a jack and coke at that point so we were getting after it to say the least and um awesome fight he had um against travis how he's fought how i think two times this season two or three times fought anthony collins and then um but yeah newber's a guy who's very seasoned in it he he seems to only fight the heavyweights it's very rare that he fights somebody that's small i haven't seen him fight anybody that is smaller than him really uh, I think maybe the one guy from Trois Rivier, but the guy in Trois Rivier kind of seat belted him, so Newber couldn't really get going at all. Um, but I got to give number three to Kyle Newber. Number four, we will go with Darian Scao out in Allen for the Allen American. Scao is a dude who is tough as shit and kind of a excuse me a newer school guy. Came up, uh, came out of the dub, and I didn't really know who he was because I, I I didn't. I don't keep up with junior hockey at all um, as far as like the dub, the Ontario League, and the, the Quebec Major Junior. But um, Darian Scao, tough dude. He had a really good fight. I forget who the hell he I think it was uh, Jason Allen. Was that who it was? I'm trying to think of it off the top of my head, but I posted it um, a, a couple weeks ago. It was like I said, um, Friday night's main event, and Scao's just tough as shit, man. And he'll, he'll shit pump somebody real quick. Big dude. Um, and he, like I said, I didn't know who he was until – John out in the hockey fight league had mentioned him. That's when I kind of started doing some digging and seeing how tough he actually was. And um, he doesn't get many takers either because, like I said, he's a tough son of a bitch. So uh, definitely got to give number four to Darian Scale. And number five, the man who caused all the controversy tonight, and I just mentioned him earlier, fighting Newber, but Travis Howe, crazy dude out in Jacksonville. He, you know, he, he loves his role. He knows what he's there for, and he embraces it. Saw what he did in the warm-ups against Nico Blatchman and the Stingrays, so... Got to appreciate a guy that's still doing that shit in warmups. Um, and again, I'll, I'll give I'll give an honorable mention to Nico here in a second. But uh, Travis Howe had those two good fights versus Kyle Newber. I, I think he might have edged Newber out in those two, so maybe you could interchange him with Kyle Newber. I don't know. Totally up to you. Um, but again, this is this is just you know off the cuff list. I apologize. This is a really shitty um, presentation of the list, but nonetheless, we'll make it happen. So 
Yeah, but he had a really good fight against um, oh man, who was it? Somebody from Atlanta. It was during the live interview, or not live interview, but during my interview with Jay, we had the game on and absolutely beat the doors off the dude. And it was just like Hyo's just a dominant fighter. As, as soon as he gets any momentum going, he um, he just he just dominates a fight. And he you know sat down Nico, and unfortunately, you know, I know Nico's going to want that one back, but he strung Nico out. I don't even think Nico got a punch in and really uh, kind of sat Nico down in that fight. So that was a uh, that was a really good one. But how I think is a very dominant fighter. I'm trying to think of who it was that he fought. I got to go back here. Michael Turner. That's who it was. Um, so number number five, I got to give to Travis Howe. Um, like I said, oh, there's a couple honorable mentions here because there's still some tough ass dudes rolling around in the coast. So uh, Nico Blatchman, kid is full of energy. I absolutely love him. Had him on the show. Uh, was fortunate enough to meet him, like I said, and he's there for pure entertainment. Whether he wins or loses, he's sitting there pumping up the crowd, trying to get everybody going. Starting shit in warm-ups. That was the first time it was against uh, Chris Ordabody. That was the first fight I ever saw of Nico. That was his first ever pro fight, not in the preseason. That was his first ever regular season fight. Fought Chris Ordabody. He's another tough dude. I like. I, I dig Ordabody. He's, uh, I think this is his rookie year, maybe, um, but another tough dude. Uh, seems to like to mix it up quite a bit. But uh, actually, Order Body buckled him for a second, and then Nico popped right back up and kept going, and then, you know, gave the whole, like, let's fucking go to the crowd afterwards. And I mean, how can you not like that shit? So I got to say, you know, Nico Blatchman, there's an honorable mention. Um, excuse me, Dawson Butt out there, and uh, I think Allen, he's just, he's on a suspension, but he, he'll mix it up quite a bit. Um, there's quite a few out there. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So I'll just go ahead and end it here, because I apologize. I'm so unprepared for this shit, and I probably sound like an idiot, but. Um, anyways, nonetheless, folks, I apologize for getting all pissed off and angry at the beginning of the episode, but, um, nonetheless, thank you very much for tuning in. I encourage you to go check out the podcast, uh, social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search five for fighting podcast. It'll come up. If you want to, if you want to stay up to date on all the fights, um, in the ECHL, please go check out my YouTube channel. I post them nightly. I, I post all the ones worth posting. I don't post every single fight cause you know, uh, the ones where it's like, you know, two punches and they fall down. I'm not posting that because it's just, you know, I, I know what people want to see. I'm not saying every fight has to be fucking boss a morasty, but, uh, you know, I like to post at least the good shit, right? So I encourage you to go check out my YouTube channel. I finally hit 200 subscribers today. So thank you to those who tune into the YouTube channel. I post my interviews there. Um, I don't post the solo episodes, just the uh, just the interviews. And if you want to check out the episodes on YouTube, I encourage you to go check out Six Pack Media Coverage. Um, all their social media outlets as well, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, my stuff's on there and their website as well, sixpackcoverage.com, which I'll have a link in the description. So um, I encourage you to go check those guys out. And again, they have a, a huge fix for, you know, all the other, the sports, uh, excuse me, all the other sports, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, uh, fitness, food, anything you want, uh, they're, they're getting, they're getting more people every day. So looking forward to seeing how big we can actually make this, uh, this media group, but I'm thankful to be a part of it. So uh, anyways, guys, I think I hope everybody had a great Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Three Kings Day, whatever the hell you celebrate. I don't even know if Three Kings Day is ce- celebrated yet. I know my my wife's family does something for it, so I apologize if it hasn't happened yet. But whatever holiday you celebrate, I hope you guys had a great one, and I hope everybody has a wonderful New Year. And whatever New Year's resolution you have, I hope to hell that you stick with it and make it happen. So. Anyways, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Sorry again that this is kind of an unprofessional, you know, episode, but, you know, nothing but the finest quality here at the Five for Fighting show, right? Uh, But thank you very much for tuning in. Hope everybody has a great new year, and I will see you guys next year. No pun intended. Have a good one, folks.